the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Just a harmless little feeling that ebbs and it flows at the brush of your skin, flickers and glows. Everyone, welcome to the marinade, a free flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. Each episode, we welcome musicians, actors, comedians, authors, visual artists, filmmakers, anyone who creates art to talk about how and why we make stuff. This is episode 146, and our guest is Joby Riccio. Riccio is a singer and songwriter from Morrison, Colorado, whose debut album Whiplash on Yup Rock Records has garnered praise from the likes of multi-Grammy award-winning modern songwriting legend Jason Isbell himself, who tweeted, She's good. I'm impressed. Check that shit out. Author of the excellent book Her Country and recent marinade guest Marissa R. Moss in her Don't Rock the Inbox newsletter said Riccio's song Sweet is a little bit classic country, a little bit 90s Sheryl Crow kiss-off, and that's about as winning a combination as you can get. I agree with both and jumped at the opportunity to talk with Joby about growing up in idyllic surroundings, commitment to craft, cultivating community, chronic dog boners stay tuned it'll make sense and so much more just a quick production note before we get to the conversation i was using the wrong mic for about the first 40 seconds of recording but i didn't want to cut what we were talking about so stay with us i promise it gets better quick and with that out of the way everyone it is my great pleasure to bring you my conversation with joby riccio Absolutely loving your record and so excited to talk to you. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. You are riding quite the wave of uh, appreciation and recognition right now. Accolades at Newport Folk Fest, including from some of our listeners who got to see you play. Jason Isbell himself praised you on Twitter <laughs> the other day. How are you feeling right now? This record is uh, about to come out and already um already folks are excited about it how are you like what's your headspace right now I feel I'm just so excited for this to be out I feel like I just no matter you know the reception's already been really wonderful thus far to what I have I mean like I've literally looked up to so many people who are hearing my music and and you know listeners who listen to the same music I listen to, 
who are hearing my music. Like, I feel like it's, it's going in the direction that I want. So I'm like, literally whatever happens, I feel pretty like chill about it. <laughs> oh, that's like, awesome. Pretty, yeah. What a great attitude. Just, yeah. I think, I feel like I've also done everything that I can, like all of the work and all of the grinding that I've been doing is, is paying off and I, and all I can do is just let it be out now. All right. Well, so let's, let's talk about some of that grinding. Can you take us, I ask you to take us way back to uh, LA at the recording Academy's music summer program for high school kids <laughs> and you and Taylor Perry being paired up and given a prompt to write a response to the Garth Brooks song, friends in low places. Um, Taylor uh, clued me in on this moment and said that, uh, like immediately basically knew that you were special. Um, I immediately thought she was such a clever lyricist is actually the quote from Taylor. Um, can you talk about sort of that moment there and kind of your musical and let, let, use that as a jumping point for jumping off point for your kind of musical um, evolution? Yeah. I mean, that was such a funny experience. Like so many people, uh I've met who were young musicians who were interested in trying to do this professionally I met at things like that summer camp uh or in college at Berkeley and it's crazy to see where people have ended up and like where paths have diverged and like I feel like I really at that point was starting to really believe in myself as a writer because before that, um, I was actually, I was encouraged to apply for that camp by um, a mentor of sorts of mine, John Randall uh, Stewart, who heard my music at a bluegrass festival um, that he was teaching at uh, Rocky Grass in my home state of Colorado. And he like, really, I, you know, I was really shy and like, not sure of myself. I think it was like 15 or 16. Um but he really encouraged me and thought that I had an interesting approach to writing and, and I guess something to say, even though I look back on songs from my teenage years and think how crazy they sound <laughs> <laughs> or how, you know, trophy, but I, I like remember him encouraging me to apply for this camp. Um, so that's how I ended up there. And like, just it, you know, it's just like to have the encouragement of someone who was like an actual professional, which was what I started to see happen um, when I was a teenager and like actually starting to try to put myself out there a little bit um, as a songwriter, not just as like a, a girl who sings, a girl who's a good singer who sings country and bluegrass and folk or whatever. So that's really like where that journey took me was like connecting with other artists, connecting with heroes of mine um, at a younger age who encouraged me to go to music school mm. too and like take it seriously and continue to take it seriously. Um, so, and then I, and then I feel like I really finally, like I never learned music theory as a young kid. So it was very much like, I learned 
so much in such a short amount of time at Berkeley at in school and college, uh, but really was was pushed by mentors and professors there, uh, especially as a lyricist, because I think they also thought like I had had cool ideas, but just needed refining and needed challenging. And um, I'm really grateful for that. I mean, so many of the songs on my record came out of that period of of writing, um, which was really generative for me, of course, because I was I had like assignments <laughs> to fulfill. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and a lot of life going on to process and, and playing guitar and singing has always been the way I've processed the world around me in my life and, and writing in general, journaling and yeah, just always getting my thoughts down. I has always that, been a very helpful thing. I think that, there's so much I want to ask you about there, but you, you touched on something that, um, I didn't, I didn't expect us to talk about, but I... I think it's important to point out that like clearly you had some natural ability you had cultivated, right? Clearly you had, had done some writing, you'd done the work, you had um, gotten the attention of, of mentors and people you respected, but that going to school part, I just feel like doesn't get enough credit. Like, I, I understand there's no substitute for experience, you know, as somebody who's worked in education for a long, long time, I get that. Like, I can't teach my students everything. They've got to go out and do it themselves. But I do also think that there's so much to be said for the uh, academic examination of things, even if it's something creative like music. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I really learned the importance and power of editing my songs and that's really the arena I feel like where I was being pushed and challenged and I was resistant to it in the beginning as I think a lot of you know like young emotional sensitive people are it can be hard to hear like hey your verse is cool what if you completely changed it and like you could make it better like they're like just go write something better you know but like if you are able to actually put yourself up to the challenge and continue to try to beat yourself uh you know for the best possible way to capture what it is you're trying to capture then i think you can come up with some really great stuff and i feel like that has you know aided me as i'm now out of school and and learning you know and continuing to write and like i'm usually my own editor now and like i have friends other songwriters i'll i'll bounce my songs off of co-collaborators and things like that but definitely like ultimately it's always my call at the end of the day and like having an inner editing voice was not something i had before i went to school um not not in the refined way that you know and and strong way it was something i kind of just was like oh whatever I don't really take so seriously, but I think it has really like sharpened like these songs into into what they are and why people understand them and are taken by them um, is so much of the editing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. so that's so wonderful to hear, especially as I listen to the record because it is refined. It is absolutely outstanding, and like, but it's clear that you have taken a great amount of time 
to 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 make these choices like you mm-hmm. so you don't turn phrases like you turn without really thinking them through and being careful about you know your word choices and that definitely comes through on the record oh that's good to hear yeah sometimes i worry that i i mean i overly obsess over lyrics a little bit but it is reassuring to hear people point to my lyrics as something that they love about my music um and i think that like time and intention is something that's really important to me in general i i don't want to do anything without intention in my life um and that means taking it slower i think um I'm not always the most generative as a writer, but I feel that it really isn't something that I, I'm trying to not like give myself such grief over it anymore because I feel like I am, I'm a perfectionist and like, I'm trying to heal some of those tendencies, but also Mm. like understanding that like my, I have like good gut instincts and I think making this record and and being so supportive by the people who worked on the record with me, my co-producers, really, they pointed to a lot of the gut instincts I had about production things, for example. And we're like, you're, you're like literally usually right. So like, why don't you trust yourself? So I think like just being creative and and writing and creating anything is like learning how to really trust yourself which is super hard it's incredible um, like that's hard. yeah like i feel like for me part of that's been learning that like it might take time for me right now it may never it, it might be different in five ten years i might have a spell where i write 10 something you know like it's just you just don't know and i'm just trying to allow things to happen <laughs> Yeah, well, no doubt it will be, right? I mean, you just talked about the fact that, hey, people recognize your talent even as a 15 or 16-year-old, but that you look back on some of those and and are kind of, I like that you called them tropey. Um, yeah. Because you know, you're just you going to grow, right? And obviously, clearly, you're writing from a place of really remarkable maturity in terms of looking at sort of some coming-of-age moments and things and and making them writing songs that, um, you know, don't feel like, uh, a 15 or 16 year old <laughs> sitting around, you know, moaning about their feelings. They feel like <laughs> truly like a, a, a grown person looking back on these moments, um, more than anything, there's such an, uh, an emotional maturity also to the record that comes through, um, that I like, so like, for example, let me dive in and cause I want to paint the scene for folks who, um, uh, hopefully by the time this comes out, have listened to the record, but there's some moments like driving is such a powerful song to me. The scene of like, you know, a loved one drunk on white wine, watching trash TV shows. Like, I feel like I can relate to being on both sides of that, you know, having my, I'm drunk on white wine, watching trash TV moments and having my moments where I'm picking up someone I love and trying to, to help them with that and then struggling to commit to the idea of maybe just saying this is unhealthy and putting this in the rear view. 
while also recognizing the pull that keeps pulling you back. Such a powerful song. And you set the scene so beautifully. Can you talk about that particular song a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that song is really, I mean, I think it's a common scene, feeling stuck, feeling trapped, dealing with addiction, dealing with, you know, uh, just, they're dark, it's dark, <laughs> they're mm-hmm. dark themes, but I think that, I mean, it's really common in our country, we have like a crazy culture of normalized drinking uh to excess daily um and i i think that this album was thinking a lot about like you know drawing from my own experiences but also thinking about this is an album about kind of just what the human experience looks like from a younger perspective um but with empathy i feel like some of these songs I wrote when I was younger, but I feel like when I sing them and perform them and when we recorded them, there is like a lot of empathy for that younger self. Mm. Um, and this song is something I really, that's something I think about a lot when I, when I play this song and want to hear this song is empathy for that person who felt trapped. And, and that's, I really, I hope that people who struggle with, things like what I'm talking about in this song can feel less alone or you know I I feel like empowered to just I don't know yeah I mean not even empowered to do anything just to just to give themselves grace and knowing that these are tough culturally universal experiences um and I yeah I, I mean it's it's a hard song to talk about, but also it was like so much of it felt inspired by um, Bruce Springsteen and his album, The River, um, mm. and the way that he chronicles everyday lives was super inspiring to me. Um, and the scenes and the specificity of what that looks like, how that feels. Yeah. What are you, what is it? What are the full sensory experience of of what's happening i feel like he also kind of does that on nebraska as well um but also i i remember like as a child hearing the song highway 40 ride i think by (laughs) oh my gosh why is it zach brown band i'm like why is it coming out of my head (laughs) that song had such a like clarity of experience and it just like broke my heart to hear it because you just know exactly what he's talking about like having to make that drive away from the kid who he and he doesn't and like yeah like thinking about leaving and turning around and like I don't know I do so much thinking driving around I still do that um that's something I totally did as a teenager um I love to go drive (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I feel like that's, that was also sort of an inspiration, um, in a way when I was writing the song. Gerard, there's so many things you said that like, I, I feel, I feel like there are, 
few but certain universals with the songwriters I speak to. And one of them is driving seems to unlock something. Like one of them mm-hmm. seems to be that like driving is a, a way to unlock ideas. Um, the second is maybe more obvious, which is the influence of Bruce Springsteen. I just had almost the exact same conversation with Van Plating, just almost exactly mm. the same thing where we were talking about specifically, we were talking about in the context of place and the universal experiences that can be tied to a place because he's talking so specifically about New Jersey and so many of those records. And, but there's a universality to it. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's so easy to connect to because of the way that he writes that song. And I think, you know, here I'm about to compare you to Bruce Springsteen, I guess the, um, (laughs) the, the way that, that it connect that you connect right there with that universal experience. I hadn't heard it said like that, you know, the way that you put it in driving, it's a fresh take on a universal theme is maybe what I want to say about that. And it was really, really powerful. I also wonder if um, if homesick is supposed to be kind of a companion or in some way tied into driving. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that song, Homesick, is so interesting because that is such a feeling I still grapple with um feeling connected so deeply connected to a place is just inherently human nature and to have circumstances change um and you have to be away from the place that really just feels like it is your home and it raised you in some ways is is a is a grief and a grieving experience that I don't know that people understand is is as grief because you think Mm. of that only in terms of other people dying but I really feel like I've always felt insanely connected to place um and and to nature and to spaces um whether it be my room my childhood room my room currently that I decorate to look and feel and embody who I am or being outside, being in nature, feeling connected to all the other living things. Cause I am a living thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like those songs definitely are, are connected because it is someone looking back on, on their home and understanding that like it, I, I miss this, but it is like painted in nostalgia and, and it's uh, it's grief and it's processing that and understanding that it's it's just changed and like mm. and home is not a physical place as it once was i i grew up in the same house um my entire childhood uh in a very beautiful and remarkable place in morrison colorado and like that <laughs> just to have like such a highly specific and constant sense of home I feel like really it it is imparted itself into my music um even just the natural landscape of that area um when I'm you know talking singing about coyotes and you know like the mountains and the prairie moon and and things like that that's all very much pulled from like childhood 
landscapes and, and still feeling like even though I, I, you know, I live, I'll live wherever I live, but that, you know, like Colorado does kind of always feel like it'll be home for me, whether that, or not I am able to live there. Well, <laughs> you, I mean, thing. yeah, well, you, I mean, you grew up in a place that all of us romanticize, right? I've been there a yeah. couple of times and like, uh, I saw the Avett brothers and Regina Spector out there a couple of years ago. And one time I just mm-hmm. went just to see red rocks, just like, like I, I had was out there hiking anyway, we were backpacking across uh, the state, but, um, but we stopped and just went to Red Rocks, even though there wasn't a show. It's like romanticized, especially in a musician's or a musical fan's life um, because of that, but also because of the, the surrounding area. I can imagine what you're just describing. I could hear it in your voice, like the 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 reality of that romance, that it's not sort of a fairy tale. It's it's like real that that it's you grew mm-hmm. up in a truly rich, richly romantic place. Yeah, and I mean, that's due to the nature surrounding it. And so much of that area, I mean, is like, is developed (laughs) Mm. and is changed and is not the same. I mean, Denver and the metro area as a whole have changed. Every time I go back, it feels different. And I am, I, I have these same thoughts of like home and place in my head and like what does it mean for your home to change because it's going to change and I think like whether or not you want it to and I think that's also part of growing up is like learning to find home in yourself I mean and the people around you and and your community and and like really leaning on that and coming to value that because I mean especially now I like make my livelihood by traveling around basically being on one long giant road trip Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I go (laughs) eat a lot of gas station food but then play songs and get to have these magical experiences at night for about one hour but then the rest of it is like just driving around and like the less glamorous part of of touring and and being a working musician but like so then that is also like this this idea is just kind of always on the brain of like what is the changing nature of home how do I ground myself how do I feel connected and centered even though I have chosen a life that is really exciting and really fun and really unstable (laughs) (laughs) what kind of what kind of practices do you have to stay grounded in home well i i think it's something i'm still figuring out to Mm. be totally honest i mean i i definitely am still a journaler um i i i think that it's super hard with like the modern distractions that we have of like our phone literally just everything on my phone is distracting like it's no longer just like instagram is try like just the just the practice and experience of being on my phone is distracting and like sapping <laughs> for me <laughs> in yeah. any capacity um but i feel like i mean when i'm on tour i I, I mean, in general, haven't really, I mean, I, I'll still drink 
you know, occasionally, but I, I really haven't, I have definitely cut back on mm. drinking. Um, just because, especially while I'm on the road and that's just like not a normal experience to have to be in a new place and to be like traveling and people you know how tired you are coming back from a trip like just like never fully getting to reset from that so it's like anything I can do to make myself more present even when it's hard um is like important to me and I feel like yeah, I'm still trying to find those things. Like, but I think that's been helpful, which is just basically just like not drinking as much. Mm. Um, I don't know other. Yeah. And just like tr trying to, to remain reflective and in touch with my inner world and like what's going on in here just as much as all this stuff that you're inundated with going from place to place to place to place yeah um and and running around <laughs> essentially yeah. just running around that is what touring is it's just freaking going everywhere <laughs> i saw you tweet something about the um about uh airports and how what a pain in the ass they can be except for all the the puppies that are on benadryl <laughs> yes shout out to your adorable. dogs yeah shout <laughs> right? out to your dogs and their little carriers their little sleepy eyes oh <laughs> they make me feel so happy we're we're in the airport we're dog sitting um for a friend and uh, we have two of our own and then this other little fluff ball joined us so we have two fairly young dogs and he's a little bit older this one we're, we're dog sitting for and uh I get home last night. <laughs> My wife's in the kitchen with the dog up on the counter uh, because he, this is apparently a thing that happens, everybody. And you need to be aware <laughs> of this. I did not know this. And we've had dogs for years. His little penis had gotten excited and it can get stuck. Like there's a what? condition. I know. I just learned this. There's a condition <laughs> where it won't go back in. And there are the internet is full of ways to to hopefully remedy this without having to go to the emergency vet none of that worked so we ended up at the emergency oh vet God. for this eternal boner that this dog that we are <laughs> dog sitting for had and they had to give him ultimately had to give him pain medication to in order to like perform this procedure on him to get his penis back in and no. he was he was all doped up at the end and it was the <laughs> But there's just the whole thing is so ridiculous and so adorable. I did not expect to be telling that on the podcast today, but this is not what I expected that story to turn. <laughs> I did not expect that to go that direction. He's okay, everybody. He's okay. <laughs> but um yeah, it was uh an eventful evening. Um so anyway, shout out to all the doped up dogs around the world trying to get from yeah. place to place for whatever reason. <laughs> They don't, yeah, they're just being dragged around. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> they're just like, what the hell? Why it's so dark in here? Where am I? And they're like under the seat in the plane. <laughs> yeah, a doped up dog is about the cutest thing in the world. It's just so, so I know. not one that's had, not the one that's gotten a hold of marijuana. That's not cute. But, no, no, no. <laughs> but if, they, if they're doped up on like Benadryl or something, it's a precious thing. Uh, maybe not yeah. a natural segue to my next question to ask you about, <laughs> but 
<laughs> when we were talking about place and home is where I was going to segue into the question about, um, I read uh, a really good piece, an interesting piece in uh, the alt press about just sort of like the uh, evolution of the queer country uh, community and Americana community in Nashville. And you were quoted in that piece. Um, can you talk about sort of how it feels to have a community of queer folks who are making similar music, who are supporting each other and like what that kind of that world feels like for you? Mm. Well, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I think any any true experience of community is going like is truly the best balm for like mm. the human spirit that there possibly is. Um and I found that it's it's really I mean there has been sort of like this idea that it's very like centralized in Nashville, but I really feel like it's it's a it's a national thing. I think like I I played a great queer country showcase in Philadelphia with my friends Brittany and Tranball and Sam Rise up there and that was an incredible experience. I have friends who are in a in a folk band um in Virginia, Palmyra who I would consider also like you know like part of that experience like who are who are queer and like I yeah I don't know I think of it as more of a like people are so often coming through Nashville that they become connected with the queer artists here um but it's more of a I mean yeah it's more of a national thing <laughs> which well, is great I'm glad you brought that up because we t two of my last three guests were River Shook and who who doesn't live in Nashville and um willie carlisle who you just went went on to recently yeah. went on tour with right who also doesn't yes. live in nashville so like two right off the top of my head i mean it's two of my last three guests um who are queer that live in other places who are also i think of in that you know sort of that community supportive community you know so that's a great point i i shouldn't have said just nashville right that's really cool no but it's like it's yeah it's definitely like because because we're sort of a, a center of a spoke kind of thing, like just mm -hmm. literally geographically where it's located, like we're in the middle of the country pretty much in a way, uh, yeah. maybe a bit more east, but like it's such a hub for musicians of all, you know, walks of life. So people are always interacting with each other. And like, as we use instagram and social media to become connected and like find other artists doing similar stuff to us like i feel like weirdly i mean that's how i met willie was he just dm'd me on instagram like he just came across something of me on instagram somehow um and was super sweet and like i was like oh my gosh i'm a big fan and yeah he just asked me to go on tour <laughs> like Ooh. so and yeah, and that's sort of how a lot of the other, um, you know, community-based showcases I've done in the last uh, year or two years, um, really since I've moved to Nashville, for sure, like those have very much like sprung out over social media and have taken place um, both in Nashville and outside of Nashville. Um, there's a really great organization in Nashville run by my friend Sarah called Queer Fest. Um, that puts on 
uh, queer folk and country and Americana performances every month in Nashville. And those were some of the first shows I ever played here. Um, and I feel like that community is so strong and also like totally part of the greater community and, and definitely kind of more people my age, my generation, um, and like connecting with people of other generations. Um, yeah, in our community, it's, it's been cool. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think like overall community of any kind, like is musical community is like insanely special and has been really something that has been really important to me this past year. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. And I love that story about Willie and you connecting like that, just like game recognizing game, basically. Yeah. You know, that's really, and then you can end up getting to play together and like, what a treat to, man, I wish, I'm sorry I missed that tour. What a treat to get to see you and Willie every, uh, you know, uh, on a, any given night. That would have been an incredible, that had to be an incredible experience for those who were, uh, who were in the audience. Um, one of the songs that has been getting a lot of buzz and it's the one that Isabel mentioned, which is for me, it's you. And there it's just so powerful. And there's this scene where I, I think the lyric goes, I watch you for my drink as you forget everything else in the room. And that I, cause we have all felt that in some way. And, but to say it in such a way it's just so incredibly powerful. Can you talk about that song and, and also specifically that, that lyric? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote the song from personal experience, but also once I really felt moved to write, it was when I realized like, this is a universal thing. And like, I wrote down in my notes that like everyone has a person who will never love them back. And then that became the the leading line to the refrain line, which is everyone has a dream. They know likely won't come true. And then turning into everyone has a person who will never feel the way they do. For me, it's you. And I think that I was trying to think of what should be the final scene of this song. Um, before hitting that last refrain line. And I was thinking about an experience that I had watching someone, yeah, just like light up around a different person and how <laughs> painful that is and how like everyone so has truly experienced that. And like, I can, if I can detail this through my own experience but in a like in a way that's specific enough that I think people will absolutely relate to this the hell out of this song and it really seems that people have um this is kind of one of those songs that like I wrote uh all in one go and was sort of like a, a you know like a lightning bolt of inspiration I mean I I, I edited it and like refined it but it kind of came out fully formed um and just like some of those like sheer dumb luck songwriting moments where you're like I had a good idea and the creative gods that be let me see it through for whatever mm -hmm. reason 
Mm. like the ideas there's a writer um can't remember oh elizabeth gilbert who has this like idea that um like creative ideas kind of go from person to person um and if you're there open to receive it sometimes they choose you and -hmm. sometimes they don't but if you're not there open and willing to receive it then it's not gonna choose you and I feel like that's why as writers and creatives you might have like seen a piece of work or heard a piece of work that you're like I had that idea but I like didn't see it through yeah like I think there is sort of some sort of like interesting magical something that goes on out there in the ether like what she talked about and I think I just this this idea yeah with like what I was learning about in songwriting class at the time the experience I had and and the understanding that like wow this is like there are movies about this other songs about this this is this is an experience that everyone has at some point was like okay this I really think this could be a great song and you nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. We um, don't pay for Zoom since we're a DIY operation. So this is about <laughs> to end. Is there any chance you can give me just a few more minutes, though? If you have it, can we restart yeah. the same meeting? Just click yes. the same link. Okay, awesome. Totally. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy to. Cool. Sure. I'll, I'll restart it right away. Okay. All right. The Marone. Okay, speaking of which, so this is what we usually end on, which is the art that has you fired up at the moment. So it could be a book you're reading. It could be uh, albums that you're listening to, a TV show, a painting you saw. I don't know. Whatever art you're excited about right now or consuming right now. Um, I have been enjoying revisiting the work of Rodriguez, mm. who recently passed away. Um. Yeah, I remember listening to Plain Fact um, and just he's another artist I think of who has such a unique perspective. Like it's just indelibly his mark is left on all of those words. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I've found him to be very inspiring. Um, I also discovered an artist who I'm playing actually like a a little show showcase like mini miniature like everyone plays one song thing at Americana Fest um and their name is Ismay I-S-M-A-Y and they're I think they only have like two songs out but they're both really good um and I really love her stuff um and yeah so I'm excited to to meet and connect with Americana because the production and like the vibe of the songs. There's one song called I Called You Up that I think is just incredible. Um, so I've been been really digging that too. Um, yeah. Cool. Those very two cool. that come to mind. Well, good. I'm excited. I mean, I'm so <laughs> bummed I'm not going to be able to make a Americana Fest this year, but um, oh, that man. lineup just looks incredible. And I'm happy for you that you're going to get to play. Um, and I'll have to check that out. Ismay, I'm not familiar, but I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they live in like Northern California or something kind of specific, which I think is tight. I'm like, I hope someday I can live in a remote location and do music still. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, 
just quickly then we don't have to be quickly, but so we, we've talked a lot about place and you are in Nashville right now. Mm-hmm. And it is 2023. You could, you could be making music somewhere else. Like why stay in Nashville? Why not go do that or go back to Morrison mm-hmm. or. Well, because I mean, the, the first thing is like, the people here and the community here um, and the opportunities. I mean, Jason Isbell would not have heard my song most likely, Mm. but he heard it on a local radio station that played it because I was playing a local event through this venue that I have a good relationship with the basement. So like it, it all being a part of this, there is so much, people even people who are so established and have you know great careers who live here who are Nashville based artists like they still are connected to the local community in a way that I think is really special and you don't find in other industry places like I don't ever hear of things like that happening in LA (laughs) yeah Um, great point yeah and I, I think there's seasons in life and I don't foresee myself um, being here forever I think I have to go back to a mountainous place uh, <laughs> mm. so I think there's there's totally time enough to do that and I have had this you know I have this album and I'm really excited about it and I'm excited about really beginning my career full force in earnest and this is a really like there's just the logistical advantageous thing too um and i happen to have a lot of great wonderful friends and collaborators here so that kind of makes it makes it hard to go for the moment but it is yeah i don't i don't know i think i will probably end up somewhere very mountainy in the hopefully not too distant future Well, I hope you get whatever you want. And I'm excited for folks to listen to this record in its entirety. It's absolutely beautiful. It's an incredible piece of work. And I'm just so grateful for your time and energy. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Truly my pleasure. All right. Have a great uh, rest of your day. Thank you again. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Joby Riccio, y'all. Thank you so much, Joby. Thank all of you for listening. JobyRiccio.com for all things Joby Riccio. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, Spoutable, Twitter, Blue Sky, Mastodon. We're on all the things. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support The Marinade. Go do that right now while you're listening, please. It makes a big difference for us. It costs so little of your time and energy. If you really like what we're doing and you can swing it, please consider joining our Patreon community. For just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive marinade content like our show's Jason's Journey and What We're Getting Down On. We also have our show Inner Child. It's a lot of fun. There's a whole world of podcasts that you can access by joining the Patreon I want to give a huge shout out to our newest patron, Josh Martin. I got to know Josh through one of my favorite artistic meeting places here in Orlando called the Nook on Robinson. I want to give a big shout out also to Mary and Matt at the Nook. Josh is a dear, sweet soul and a champion of great art. Fun marinade fact, Josh is the person who first turned me on to Willie Carlisle. I doubt that episode happens if he hadn't loaned me a couple of Willie's compact discs a while ago. 
Give his wonderful business, Orlando Pop-Up Movies, a follow on Instagram. He does a great job of curating and screening films for all manner of events. Check him out. Y'all, you can be like Josh now. You can try a free trial of Patreon to see if you like it. No pressure. Try it for seven days. Set a reminder on your phone in case you want to cancel and keep going if you dig it. We have all kinds of cool content over there. And all that stuff is now not only available on Patreon, but if you join the Patreon, you can access our Patreon-exclusive podcasts on Spotify now. You can link your Spotify account and you can get a chance to listen that way if it's easier for you. If you want to support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, I totally get that. You can Venmo or PayPal us at the marinade. All the money goes right back into the making of the show. We want to cover Swanee Roots Revival coming up in a couple of weeks. We're planning a trip to Orange Blossom Review, and we've had a chance because of our Patreon patrons to cover Bonnaroo and AVL Fest in the last couple of months. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who can support the show with their treasure, but also thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you for listening and spreading the word about the marinade, y'all. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.